You may be seated. Well, it's so good to uh, obviously see those of you who are uh, in worship with us today. We've uh, already done this once, and uh, we got it down. So, uh, so glad to, uh, to have you with us today. And uh, man, I'm telling you, it has been, uh, it's been a, a crazy last few weeks as we've not been able to worship together. And uh, I just want to just take a minute and just, just talk to everyone who's still watching from home. There's so many of you who are, who are still engaged today. And uh, I just want to say thank you for staying engaged. We know that uh, everybody is going to eventually come back here. But we know that's going to happen when you're ready. And we are, we're here when you're ready. And uh, we're going to be here every week and on Wednesday nights providing the content that we have been so you can stay engaged so that when you feel it's safe, when you feel it's ready for you to bring your family back, that, uh, that you can do that. And so we don't want to forget about all of you who have been watching at home. And I want to say to everybody, those who are here this morning, those who are, who are watching at home, that just thank you. Thank you for your engagement for staying connected over the last nine weeks. I mean, I, I shared with the first service this morning that the first morning when we came in here for uh, that first service on uh, March the 22nd, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, in over 25 years of ministry, I had never done anything like that. Didn't know what it was going to be like. <clears throat> didn't know what the room was going to be like. I thought, man, this is going to be a challenge. You know, singing and worshiping and speaking to an empty room. But I am telling you, the presence of the Lord was so powerful in the room that morning. And it just continued every week. I mean, I thought we were going to blow the windows out on Easter Sunday in here with just a handful of us. And then over the last couple of weeks, we've, we've invited a few more people back as we've been getting back in it. And I told our leadership last, team last night through a text. And I want to say to you who are here this morning, those of you who are at home... Uh, we all need to approach this kind of like uh, we're in the first quarter of the first game of the year. There's a, it's going to be a long season to get us back all together to get to whatever the Super Bowl is of us all getting back together. And, uh, but we're going to step through that together. And uh, like we just said at home, when you're ready to come back, we're going to be here. And uh, we want to just stay engaged with you as well. Thank you for coming to, to 11 o'clock. Y'all, 11 o'clock people are probably like, well, I'm glad my name's at the end of the alphabet. You know, I didn't like it when I was in school when I was at the end of the alphabet with the W's because we always had to eat last at lunch. But you may like it now because you get to come to the, the late service. You know, now you get to come to the late service, the 11 o'clock service. But we had a great crowd here at, uh, at 9 o'clock, had a, had, a, had a great crowd of people and had a great service and uh, so I just want to say thank you for your consistency. Thank you for staying engaged online. Thank you for your giving. Uh, thank you for your encouragement, the text and the calls and everything you've done to, to keep us lifted up. And most of all, thank you for your prayers. I know that that's been the difference as we've come back together. Uh, I mean, as we were apart when we didn't know what that was going to feel like, you were praying and lifting us up at home, and we really felt it and appreciate it. And I also want to say thank you to our team, our leadership team, our staff, the worship team, the table talk team, the youth movement team, and this unbelievable media team. They, have they not knocked it out of the park over the last nine weeks? All of our church has worked so hard 
And uh, I don't know when, but at some point this year, we are going to have a big party for the media team. We're going to party it up like it's 1999 or something like that for this media team. So uh, we're, gonna, we're really going to let them know how much we appreciate them because they're still hard at work. And I heard a pastor say this week to a group of pastors, he said, Guys, don't forget you launched a new campus over the last two months. You didn't realize it, but you have a new campus. You have an online campus, and that's not going to change. And, and there's so many people who've been watching us from outside of our church family, all over the nation, even all over the world, people who are watching and are engaged. So we want to say hello to everybody who's watching uh, from wherever you are. Thanks for tuning in. So let's jump in the Word this morning. If you have the Version Bible app, open that up today. You can follow along with the scriptures and the points of the message this morning as we continue this series that we've been in called Terms for the Times. And we've talked about the new normal and we've talked about uh, the churches left the building last week on Mother's Day. We talked about essential workers and celebrated our moms. And today we're going to talk about a term that I don't think anybody in the first service had heard of. A term called super spreaders. I don't know if any of y'all have heard of, of, of a super spreader. But we're going to unpack this morning what a super spreader is. And we're going to do that by looking at Philippians chapter 3. Verses 12 through 14. A very familiar passage of scripture if you want to turn there with us this morning in uh, Philippians 3, 12 through 14. These are the words of the Apostle Paul. We're kind of jumping right in the middle of him just sharing his passion for, for his pursuit of Christ. He's, uh, he's in prison when he writes this. So, I mean, we know what it's like to be quarantined. And, and Paul was, he was quarantined when he wrote this. And listen to what he says. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this, what? Say it with me. One thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on. To reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your presence that's already been here all morning as we've worshipped you. And Lord, as we unpack your word this morning, we ask you to speak to us. May your word find fertile soil. May it find deep root and bring amazing growth in your people. In Christ's name, amen. How many of you are getting tired of hearing about COVID-19? Raise your hand or nod if you're at home or in the chat. You can say, that's me. Amen. Uh, I think we're all getting a little weary of it. And, and as I hear people talk about it, they're, they're on one or two extremes. Uh, a lot of people are just frustrated. Okay. If you're frustrated, nod. Uh, maybe that's you. And then there's a lot of people who are still full of fear. And I get that, and uh, some of that's perpetuated by some things that are going on in our country, and I won't step on that soapbox this morning. But, uh, but we know it's kind of either or, right? It's kind of either frustration or fear. And so my intention in this series, I said this the first week, is not to make you more frustrated. Now i got to come to church and hear these terms for the times. But I think there's some biblical truth and some real-life application that we can look at as we unpack these. And so as I was preparing this week, and praying about what to share with you. I was looking at a list of terms that I have that are associated with this virus. And as I was going through the list, I noticed that most of the things on the list have to do with us getting away from everybody else. 
terms like social distancing and sheltering in place and self-quarantine. We've, we've become used to these terms, but there's really not a term about us coming back together like we're doing today. There's not a term that says that. Now, there are terms that warn us about coming together. There's a term I read about this week called community spread. And that's when a virus hits a community and it begins to spread around, but nobody really knows who started it. Don't really know who to blame or who the first person who had it was. Then there's a term that we've all become familiar with the last nine weeks called a hot spot. Now, back at the beginning of March, we thought a hot spot was where I can fire up or get me some free Wi-Fi, right? You know, that's what we thought a hot spot is. But we've learned that places like New York and Seattle and even Albany, Georgia and Atlanta have, have been hot spots. But the term we're going to look at today is this term called super spreader. And, and I want you to look at the definition. And this is what a super spreader is. It's a highly contagious individual who can spread an infectious disease to a large number of uninfected people through a network of contacts. Okay, look, look at that with me again. I want you to wrap your brain around that because we're going to unpack that definition this morning. A highly contagious individual who can spread an infectious disease to a large number of uninfected people through a network of contacts. Well, today we're going to take this term super spreader and we're going to turn it upside down. We're going to kind of redefine it and reverse its meaning and put a positive spin on it. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to understand today that when you pick up this book, that from cover to cover, this book is full of men and women who were super spreaders. Can I get an amen at home? Can I get an amen in the house? This book is full of men and women who were super spreaders. And instead of spreading a disease, they spread a cure. Not only are we to look at their stories and read them and be amazed and encouraged and inspired by their examples like we are. But we're also called to follow and replicate their examples. So this morning I want to share with you three characteristics of a super spreader. Okay? You say that real fast, super spreader, super spreader, super spreader. All right, three characteristics of a super spreader. Here we go. Now, let's look at our definition. And the first characteristic comes right out of the beginning of the definition. A highly contagious individual. First of all, a super spreader is highly contagious. Isn't that the whole thing with COVID? I mean, we've heard it from the very beginning that what makes it different than everything else that's come along before it is that it is highly contagious. That's why we're sitting six feet apart this morning. That's why we're having two services. That's why you go in restaurants and businesses and you have to talk behind bulletproof glass. I, I told the lady a few weeks ago at the, at the grocery store, I said, I bet you never thought you'd have to work behind a bulletproof glass before, did you? And she kind of laughed, you know, as she's standing there. But it's, it's different. And we know that word contagious, we know what it means. A disease that can be passed from a person or an object that uh, through close bodily contact. But contagious can also mean Something that can be passed, not a disease, but something that can be spread from a person to person, like, um, like contagious laughter. Have you ever gone to a program? Have you ever gone to a show before somewhere? Or maybe in church and you get to laughing? Or has that ever happened to anybody before? You know, and you get to laughing, or, or you see somebody in front of you in church laughing and you just see this. 
And they're just really, they're re- really getting tickled. And then the person besides them gets, gets tickled. I probably got a few spankings in church growing up because of contagious laughter. Well, a moment ago, I told you that this word, that God's word, is full of men and women who are super spreaders. And nobody in Scripture was a bigger super spreader than Jesus, right? I mean, really, we could just call everybody else spreaders and give him the term, the ultimate term of the super spreader. And by definition, he was. See, Jesus' ministry was centered around people. And like the definition, he spread a message of hope and love and healing to every person he came in contact with. You might say that Jesus was highly contagious. Because he spread that message wherever he went. I mean, his words, his teaching, his miracles, there was always a crowd around him. I mean, the Bible says at one point there were 5,000 plus the women and children, 4,000 plus the women and children. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John consistently say that multitudes follow him. We know that there were so many people at one point, he got in a boat, he rode out a little way so that he could speak to everybody. We know that the Bible tells us he had to get away and had personal retreats and time alone with God because his message was so contagious and so infectious. When it comes to everything that we've learned about the last few weeks when it comes to COVID-19, not only has has this disease been contagious, but many of the emotions that follow it have been as well. I bet I can ask you this morning what the number one most contagious emotion is. If you're watching on the chat, write in what you think. The number one most contagious emotion is, I'm going to give you a hint, it starts with an F. Everybody in the room, tell me, what's the number one most contagious emotion with COVID-19? Fear. You got it right. Everybody, you can start beside your name. We'll put that in the books. It's fear, Absolutely. And, and fear is something that's, that's covering our nation. And so many people are gripped by fear. Early on in, in the month of March, I saw an Instagram post that I took a screenshot of. And I thought, that's good. That's real good. I'll use that at some point. And actually, Kelly Thornton uh, posted this. And I wanted to share it with you this morning because it, it communicates what I want to say in this spot in the message. It says simply, viruses are contagious. So is panic, fear, hysteria, calm, love, enthusiasm, kindness, and joy. And what are the next two words saying with me? Choose wisely. Here's the fact. You and I are going to carry something. You and I are going to spread something. You are a carrier of something no matter who you are or where you are. And we have a choice as to what we're going to spread and how we're going to spread it. We can choose to be a negative Nancy or a Debbie Downer or a bitter Betty or a bummer Bob or a whiny Wendy or a nagging Ned. Anybody work with anybody like that? Anybody married to anybody like that? Don't put that in chat. But when I read God's word... I don't see people who carry those type of attitudes. I see people who chose wisely. The super spreaders we read about in the Word are are people like Admirable Abraham and Miraculous Moses, Steady Samuel, 
or dancing David? How about disciplined Daniel or magnifying Mary? Passionate Peter or steadfast Stephen? What about positive Paul or joyful John? I think those are the men and women that we really need to be choosing wisely and admiring and trying to repeat their behavior, right? I love what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians. Positive Paul says this. Look at this. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is what? God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want to read that again. And I want you to read it with me. Your part is the underlined part. Here we go. Rejoice when? Pray when? Give thanks in what? All circumstances. And he says this is God's will for you. People pray and ask, what's God's will for my life? Here it is. If you rejoice always, pray continually, and give God thanks in all circumstances, you are walking in the will of God. So the point here for this this first point is, each of us is contagious. You are going to spread something. And here's the question for you today. Is what you're spreading worth catching? Are you spreading something worth catching? Now, if you're not sure... I'll tell you a few ways you can find out. If you're married, ask your spouse. They, they look at you and say, I've been waiting to tell you about yourself, son, for a long time. Ask your kids. If you're a boss, ask your employees. If you are a, a, a kid or a student, ask your parents or ask your brother and sister. Ask somebody else. John Maxwell, famous pastor, uh, life coach, and, and leadership guru said this. People may hear your words but they feel your attitude. That's powerful. And and we have have the opportunity to to affect others, but is what we're spreading worth catching? The writer of the Proverbs said it like this, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Is what you are spreading worth catching? Number one, super spreaders are highly Contagious. Make sure you're spreading the right thing. Second one. Let's look at that definition again to see the second part of this. A highly contagious individual who can spread an infectious disease to a large number of uninfected people. That's been the thing of this whole deal. Uninfected people not getting infected. So we've said, first of all, super spreaders are highly contagious. The second thing I want you to see about super spreaders is that super spreaders are singularly focused. Anybody felt overwhelmed during this season at all? Just kind of nod at me if you're in the room or just, you know, yeah, if you're on the chat or at home. Anybody felt overwhelmed? I mean, you know, we've been overwhelmed by all the things that we're hearing. I mean, when you, when you watch the news or you read the news, anybody notice that it's like different every day? The statistics are different. I mean, one day they say, wear a mask or you're going to die. Then the next day they say, if you wear a mask, you're going to die because you're breathing in your own stuff. I don't know. Do I need to wear a mask? Do I not need to wear a mask? Do I need to go out or do I not need to go out? Is COVID on the decline or is it going to come back in the fall and wipe off the whole planet? I mean, it's different no matter what you listen to or who you listen to. It can be overwhelming as we listen. And, and it's not, we're not sure what to believe. We're not sure what's true. And uh, it can be very easy during this season for us to become very distracted. But here's what I want to say to us all today. Those of you who are listening at home, those of you who are here in the room today, don't forget this. As we move forward out of this, 
And again, we're in the first quarter. We don't know how long it's going to be to move out of this. But as we move out of this, let us make a decision as Christ followers as to where our focus should remain. See, there's so many things grabbing for your focus. There's a conspiracy theory out there if you want it. There's a million YouTube videos to watch. There's this network and that network. There's the social media posts. There's the politics of it. There's the economy. We've got the election coming up. There's what's going on with our rights as U.S. citizens. And all those things are important in their own right, right? I'm not saying don't be informed. I'm not saying don't talk about those things. I'm not certainly not saying don't vote. I'm not saying not be educated on what's going on. But what I am saying is do not get distracted. Don't get distracted by all the other things that are going on in the world around us. Each of those can distract us from what God has called us to be. We are called to be singularly focused. And if we're not careful, we will become more concerned about the infectious disease of the liberals or the Republicans, or the President, or the House, or the Senate, or the election, then we are the most infectious disease on the planet, which is sin. Here's the thing, COVID-19 will go away, but sin will not. When we pack up the bags and we look at back at the history books about COVID-19, we'll know and look better in the rearview mirror, but sin is here to stay. It's a part of of us. We are born with that. And so let us not get so focused on a disease that we forget the real thing, the real disease that's there. And most importantly, let us not forget that as Christ followers, we have the cure. We carry the cure inside of us in the power of the Holy Spirit. So let us be singularly focused on one thing. And what is that one thing? It's simple. You can take the whole book and you can put it down to just a few words. To know Christ and to make him known. That's our goal. To know Christ and to make him known. A few months ago, my my oldest son Trent was, he showed me an Instagram post about this guy who, um, who is a pretty funny guy to follow on Instagram. And he has, he's called like the church sign dude or something like that. And I, I like, to, uh, I like to find these funny stuff because sometimes you just need to laugh, right, about stuff that's going on at church. But this guy, he just takes random things and he puts them on a cardboard sign with a Sharpie. And he looks like he's kind of out of place. I mean, he looks like he's probably from the 60s or something. But he stands up. And look at this one. Here's one that I found. This guy is standing up. If you can't read it, it says, rain doesn't mean church is canceled. Y'all can laugh about that, okay? That is supposed to be funny, all right? So this, he, just, he just picks random things just to send a message out to people. He, he did this one right about the time that the whole thing started with, with this, and this goes along with the song we sang a while ago, Clean Hands, Purell Hearts, Good Grace, Good God. I saw the choir, I saw the worship team while I go singing. They almost sang Purell Hearts because they had heard me say this in the first service. Look at this one. Later on, he had this one during the corona thing. He said, then God said, let there be Zoom. Anybody Zoomed over the last few weeks? We've all learned what Zoom is. And here's my favorite one as we're coming out of this. He says, hey, introverts, 
don't get too comfortable. Gathering will return. <laughs> you know, the introverts have been like, man, this is the greatest thing ever. I don't ever have to go out. But if I could hold up a sign that would represent us being singularly focused. Come here and help me out, Bruin. I'm going to let Bruin be the crazy sign guy. Come here and stand up here on the corner and do like that dude and hold that over your head. Here's the sign that I would have us hold up today. And what does that sign say, everybody? One thing. You know, it shows up a lot of different ways in Scripture, but when you look through this Word of God, you'll find that over and over and over, it really comes down to one thing. David said it like this in Psalms 27 verse 4, One thing I ask from the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. In John chapter 9, there was a man who was healed because he, uh, he had been blind and now he could see. And they were trying to trip him up. And they came and asked him some tricky questions about Jesus. And he said, look, whether he's a sinner or not talking about Jesus, he said, I don't know. But look, one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Jesus trying to settle an argument between Mary and Martha about what was the most important, cooking in the kitchen or sitting at Jesus' feet. And Jesus looked at Martha and said, but say it with me, one thing is needed and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus trying to teach about one thing to a rich man said, one thing you lack Go and sell everything you have and give to the poor and there you will have your treasure in heaven. And he said, come, follow me. And then what we read a while ago from the Apostle Paul, he said, Dear brothers and sisters, I've not yet achieved it, but I focus on this what? I focus on this what? One thing, listen, forgetting the past... Looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. As super spreaders, we are to be highly contagious. We are to be singularly focused, and we are to be focused on that one thing. To know Christ and make Him known. One thing, to dwell in the house of the Lord. One thing, I once was blind, but now I can see. One thing, like Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus. One thing, like the rich man, follow me. One thing, like Paul, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. So today, don't get confused and pressed in and distracted by all the things of the world that can pull you away. Don't let the enemy during this season take your eyes off your purpose. Allow your eyes to be focused, lasered in on what? Say it with me. One thing. Thank you. Give him a big hand. He did great. Get you an Instagram post, man. Start walking around with a... With a cardboard sign. You can come up with some good stuff. Remember, we're taking the super spreader definition. We're turning it upside down. And one of the things we just read about it is this. Our one thing is to spread an infectious cure to a large number of uninfected people. Now, I know you're like, what in the world are you saying? Well, there's a lot of people in this world who are uninfected with the gospel. 
They're infected with sin, but they're uninfected with the cure. You and I have the cure. There's a lot of talk today about a vaccine and when we're going to get it. But we walk around in our hearts with the Holy Spirit of God who is the vaccine. Who is the remedy and the cure from the greatest super spreader of all time, Jesus Christ. Amen? So, as super spreaders, we're to be highly contagious. We're to be singularly focused. And here's the last one. We find it in the last part of that definition. Let's look at it one more time. A super spreader is a highly contagious individual who can spread an infectious disease to a large number of uninfected people. What? Through a network of contact. Super spreaders should be purposely connected. That's the last point. Purposely connected. This whole deal about this network of contact, I mean, that's the thing throughout this whole thing we've been going through is they've told us we need to disconnect. So we disconnected from school and all the kids were homeschooled. Then we disconnected from work and we did work at home. Then we're disconnected from church and then we're disconnected from all the places that we need to go shop and eat and all of those different things. We're disconnected so that we can break down the network so that we can flatten the curve. But if we are going to be biblically Christ-centered super spreaders, not only must we be highly contagious, not only must we be singularly focused, we must be purposely connected. We need what we started doing again today. We're not meant to sit at home and watch online. And you can do that as long as you need to until you feel comfortable coming back. But this is not the way it's meant to be and this is not the way God intended it to be. We should be in the house of God together as, as much as we possibly can. I, I said it to the, to the first service this morning. If Jesus could have pulled out a white marker board at the beginning of his ministry and took the top off a black expo, and stepped to the marker board and said, okay, here I'm going to teach you how I'm going to create my network. This is how I'm going to do what I've been called to do. He would write three words on the board. At the top of the board, he would write the word calling. At the second part, he would write the word training. And then he would write sending. It's very simple. Everything that Jesus did really comes down to those three words. He called a group of men to follow him, the twelve. They would, be, they would be joined by other men and women who would follow him. He would train them and teach them. They would get insight behind the scenes uh, parts where they'd sit around a campfire and have fish at night. And the guys would say, Jesus, what did you mean by that? And he'd say, this is what I meant by that. They would get on-the-job training for three years. And then after his resurrection, he would ascend back to heaven and say, boys, I'm leaving it with you. It's all up to you now. The calling, the training, and the sending. And then Jesus' network did something amazing. He leaves and goes into heaven. And the 12 would then be accompanied by 108 more in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. 120, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, in one mind, in one accord, the Holy Spirit falls. They're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. They spill out into the street. 
streets and they begin to speak in unknown languages the glories and the stories of Jesus Christ. And at that moment, a man named Peter would step up highly contagious and ready to spread this good news and preach. And they would go in one day from 120 to 3,120 on the day of Pentecost. The calling, the training, and the sending was working. And then what we've been talking about in here on Wednesday night, we talked about it in our table talk. We talked about it two weeks ago when we, when we talked about the church has left the building. That in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, your Bible tells you what the early church was doing. And it said that those apostles, they were, they were dedicated. The early church was dedicated to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. It says that, that the miraculous signs followed all of that. That they gave away what they had. That there was a spirit of generosity. And that they continued to meet together daily in the temple courts. They were not quarantined in holes and in places. They were together with the synergy and the energy that fed them absolutely so they could be purposely connected. Last week we talked about essential workers, essential workers. I was about to get ahead of myself. But what we're doing today is essential worship. This is essential. And we will get back to the point to where this room is packed. And I believe that it's going to be packed twice on Sunday. We may not ever go back to a 1045 service. We may sit right here at 9 and 11 o'clock. We were getting real close anyway, y'all. Y'all know how full this room has been over the last year or two. And if that's what God wants us to do, then that's what we'll do. Because it is time for us to be prepared and ready that God wants to use us in this day. And this point, us being purposely connected is so vital. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. And let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near Kevin if you'll come and begin to play we can see it now and many of you are like me you've been in church your whole life you've heard it your whole life Jesus is coming Jesus is coming Jesus is coming guess what Jesus is coming and there's more things right now that look like he's getting closer and closer. I, I remember the, the preachers when I would grow up, uh, they used to say stuff like this. They used to say, I think that, uh, I think that uh, Gabriel has got the trumpet in his hands and he's got it on his lips and he's about to play the first note. Anybody ever heard a preacher say that before? I believe the coming of the Lord is getting closer and closer. And that means that the responsibility for us as a church... And as the people of God, no matter where we may be, to be highly contagious. To have a, a singular purpose. And to be purposely connected is so vital. I saw this uh, quote this week on Twitter from the lead pastor of Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. Mark Deaver said this this week. Powerful quote. He said, many in the media and government seem to think that Christians want to be in churches. They've misunderstood what a church is. It's not a sacred place 
we long to be in. It's a people we long to be with. We want to be together, assembled, a church, wherever it is that we meet. I've learned a lot over the last nine weeks. But one of the things I've learned more than anything else is that the church is not a building and it's not an address. The church is a people. It's a body. It's the only thing that Jesus ever built. He built the church. And you and I have proved that over the last nine weeks. Churches all over this world have proved like never before that the church isn't just about a building. The church cannot be stopped. But yet, what we're talking about right here, this part of where we land today, us being purposely connected is so essential. We talk about all these businesses that are essential. Where you're at right now in the house of God is essential. Those of you who are watching at home, you know it. And when you're well and you're ready, I know you're ready to be back because you know and you believe that church worship and being together is essential. We have the antidote. We have the vaccine. We have the answer. One thing, to know Him and to make Him known. To love our cities. To hear His heart. To show His love. To see His kingdom. To be the hands and feet of Jesus. Super spreaders are highly contagious. They're singularly focused and they're purposely connected. And let me close with this final thought. We said we were going to take this definition and turn it upside down this morning. Well, watch this. When we take this definition of super spreader, I'm going to give you the biblical definition of a super spreader. Watch this. A highly spirit-filled individual who spreads a life-changing cure to a large number of infected people through networking with the body of Christ, the church. How many people want to be a biblical super spreader? Might not have heard that term before you came in today, but that's what we're called to be. Super spreaders of the greatest message that there's ever been. God, help us to be biblical, spirit-filled super spreaders. As the worship team comes and you stand, I want us to uh, pray together this morning. And whether you're listening live in the room or you're watching from home, I, I want to ask you this question as we all bow our heads and close our eyes and get ready to respond today to what God's saying to us. I especially want to lean in on that second point about being singularly focused. And I just wonder if there's anybody who's here today or anybody who's watching at home would say, Pastor, I, you're hitting me today because I have been really distracted during this season. Maybe you came in before COVID-19 and you, you were distracted by a lot of different things. And you would say, Pastor, you're talking to me today. I, I'm not singularly focused. I, I'm All these things about Corona and my job and my family, so many things are pulling at me and I needed that reminder today to set my eyes on one thing. Anybody like that today in the house? If, if you would say, this was for me today, I need that reminder of one thing, we just raise your hand, put it right back down. Anybody at, at, at home today watching or listening, and that's you, and you say, That's me, man. I, I've been focused on a lot of different things. You know what? And, and I'm sure if we're all honest, we've all dealt with that. And I want to pray for us today about this specifically. And specifically, too, if there's somebody out there who's listening today and, and the, the distraction for you has been 
that you've just been all over the map with the things you've been pursuing in life. Maybe you're pursuing all the wrong people and all the wrong things to fill up your life. And maybe it's something you're drinking or smoking or watching or it's a relationship that you're in. But there's something that's distracting you and and keeping you from who you're supposed to be. I want to ask you today to make the one decision about the one thing, the most important thing, to make Jesus the Lord of your life. To say, I want to push all those things away and I want to singularly focus on Him. I want to pray with you today if you're at home and you're watching. If you're here in the room today and maybe you need to make that decision and pray that prayer and accept Christ into your life making a decision to leave those things that aren't working out and say, you know what, I'm going I'm to give Jesus a try. I want us all to bow our heads. and We're going to pray this prayer together this morning. If you're at home and you pray this prayer, just pray it right there where you're at. If you're listening live or you listen later in the week, what matters is that as you pray it right now, God is listening. He hears your heart. And I want you to pray this prayer after me today. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he took my sins to the cross. That he died in my place. And I believe you raised him to life. I would like to accept him now as my savior. And I want to follow him as my Lord. I want to make the choice today. one thing to follow Jesus from this day forward I pray in Jesus name amen as we continue to have our heads bowed and eyes closed I want to pray for you our church family who are here live in the room and those of you who are listening and I want to pray that all of us would be what God has called us to be Tressa was saying a moment ago as she was leading worship This is a different season. It's a new time. And God's calling us to these things that we talked about this morning. And God, I pray right now over us, the body of Christ here in this room, and those who are listening at home today, and those who are going to listen later, that God, you would help us to be highly contagious. God, help us to be full of the Holy Spirit. God, that we wouldn't be full of worry and fear and doubt. But Lord, we would be highly contagious with joy and peace and love and grace. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be singularly focused. That God, we would be focused on one thing, to know you and to make you known. That God, we would not get distracted by all the things of the world that are pulling at us. But God, we would be focused on what you would have us to. And Lord, as we're, as we're hearing this prayer, Lord, I pray over your people in this room and those who are watching at home. That God, if there are things in our lives that have too much hold on us. That are taking our focus away from you. Even good things, but not, <coughs> but not God things. Lord, convict us. Convict us today in the weeks weeks ahead as we begin to engage in those things. God, remind us and bring our focus back. And then, Lord, may we be purposely connected as we've been praying as a church that when we come back together and as we're coming back together over the next few weeks and the next few months, God, may we be purposely connected like the disciples were and the early church was in Acts chapter 2. 
May we be passionate about being together as the body of Christ like never before. And may the church as a whole, this church and churches worldwide come out of this more resolute, more relentless, more persistent, more determined than ever to focus on one thing, to know Christ and to make Him known and to love our cities as Christ has loved us. Lord, that's our prayer today. Transform our hearts and make us more like you in every way we pray in Jesus' name. We're going to sing a little bit of this chorus this morning before we go that affirms what we've talked about this morning. One thing, one thing what Jesus has done for us today. Can we sing this together? Hallelujah. Please the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Sing it with us today, all over the house. Come on, sing it with us at home. Set our minds on one thing, and that is you. Amen. Amen. So great to see you today back in the house of the Lord. We hope to see you back here next week at 11 o'clock. Bring somebody with you, and we'll see you back here live for, uh, at rcog.tv on Wednesday night for our next Table Talk. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.